Some of the contents of today's episode may bring to the surface some feelings or emotions that are uncomfortable, disorienting, or otherwise upsetting. If you're in crisis or you think you may have an emergency, please call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. And there, you can talk to a skilled, trained counselor at a crisis center in your area at any time. If you're located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately. There is help, and you are loved. Ah, beloved, I'm Pastor Trey, and you're now listening to the New Living Translation. This is Bonafide Bible Talk, because God speaks my language too, and I'm sure enough about to act like it. Let's go. Yo, I don't really like platitudes. It's not really my thing. But at the same time, I'm a Christian minister, and to a certain degree... It kind of come with the territory. Stuff like life is short when life is pretty much the longest thing anybody ever did. I guess this also in some respect like compared to the length of eternity or the world or whatever. Life is kind of short, but that don't really got much to do with me other than inspiring me to take more chances and stuff. But yeah, you could have just said that without that confusing little platitude. I don't know. Get it together. Focus straight. Stay on track. So in any case, I don't know if this one counts as a platitude or not, but I do know that this one is true. Life is hard. It is difficult to navigate all of the various things that can occur in life with any level of faithfulness or even unfaithfulness. It's hard to navigate after you've been bruised and scarred. It's hard to navigate before you've been bruised and scarred or as you've been bruised and scarred by all of these things, the grief, the loss, the changes, the unexpectedness, the betrayal, all of those things happen in life. They're difficult to deal with. They're difficult to deal with by yourself. They're difficult to deal with in community. It's going to require something of you every time. And sometimes you might not feel as though you have what is required of you. You might go to swipe that card and discover that you have insufficient funds that you have overextended your capacities and that is also a part of life but what do we do when we inhabit these communities particularly these christian communities that make you feel as though there is something deficient in you that your faith has faltered that you have made a wrong step when you are feeling taxed overburdened when you are feeling stretched way too thin when you are a mile and a half past your breaking point and expected to keep on going. How do we keep going in a situation like that? I don't know. Maybe I'm talking to myself here. Maybe you've never felt such a thing, such a pressure. Maybe you've never had to look in the mirror and ask yourself if you were still in the will of God, if you were still loved by God, if you had somehow disappointed God because you tired, because you're feeling alone and rejected, because you done had enough of whatever it is. You see, I mentioned platitudes earlier because a lot of times we come to our church communities or our Christian friends and we tell them about some of the difficulties that we're experiencing. We tell them about a particularly dark season we happen to find ourselves in. 
And the reflexive answer is often something empty sounding, some sort of platitude. Like, oh, we have the victory in Christ. Or ask somebody how you doing and they give you a canned answer about being blessed and highly favored. And then you feel obligated to give a fake answer to instead of telling them like, yo, I'm not doing good right now. Like this particular period stinks for me and I hate it. You feel like you can't say that. Then you hear a sermon, people get excited and they clap and everybody celebrates all the people giving their lives to Christ at the end. That's dope. That's dope. Don't get me wrong. Don't hear me wrong. But you feel as though there is no place for your grief. There is no place for the hard things that you're experiencing in these communities. And I feel that same way sometimes. I feel like I have to hide those things and have to pretend that I'm doing okay when sometimes I'm not. But as I was reading my Bible, going through my daily devotional habit, I spend time in the Psalms every day, right? There's 150 Psalms in the Protestant canon, and they cover a wide range of emotions. There's even some Psalms that express some level of frustration with God, some level of betrayal with God. And there's this pattern that a lot of them follow where they'll express their grief, they'll express their frustrations, then it'll reassert towards the end that they're trusting in the faithfulness of God, the loving kindness of God, the chesed of God, if we speak in Hebrew, but that's not really what this podcast is about. But I came across one the other day. I came across this song and it stopped me in my tracks because I recognized that there was no happy ending. I read that song and I felt affirmed in this truth that life is hard. And I was inspired by the fact that even with that song composed as it was, it still made it into the canon, into this Psalter, this book of poems and songs and psalms. And then it made it into the Hebrew Bible. And then it was incorporated into the Christian Bible. And, and it's preserved in this form that lets you know that being frustrated, being at the end of it does not put you outside of God's love. So without further ado, we're going to have us some bona fide Bible talk about the 88th song. God of my wholeness and well-being. I've been calling out for you all night and all day. I'm begging you. Hear me out. Answer my prayers, please. Can't take it anymore. I can hear death calling my name. In fact, I'm as good as dead. I ain't got no strength left inside me. I get treated like a corpse. Like I'm in a grave people just drive by I don't even think you remember me I sure can't feel you caring about me no more you don't put me in the lowest darkest place I've ever seen it's you guy I can feel your temper drowning me like waves in the deep waters you done took my folks from me all they see in me is a hot mess Got me in this straitjacket and I can't get out. My eyes can't even see through this mess you got me in. Every day, I'm 
calling out for you. Every day, I stretch my hands to you for help. Is dead folks supposed to find a way to praise you? Is there some way for your faithfulness to be preached from the grave? Can all your great works find an audience in the dark? Does anybody in the abyss talk about your justice? But here I am, first thing in the morning, crying out to you. Why you done toss me to the curb? Why you giving me the cold shoulder? Since a youngin' I've been struggling, death been lurking. I can't take your burdens anymore. Your temper done broke me down. These harsh tactics of yours got me stuck. All day, I'm flailing in this flood. You got me drowning. You even took everyone close to me. Darkness is the only friend I got now. This psalm sits a bit differently with me than most scriptures do, because as I mentioned earlier, there's no happy ending. The psalmist identified here in the Bible as the sons of Korah, they don't really feel too obligated to leave us on a high note. Like There's not a lot of celebrating going on here. They say what they feel led to say, and then they leave it at that. And in this moment, there is not just frustration, not just disappointment, but despair even, depression even. Multiple times throughout that psalm, it is indicated that that person feels like they might be better off dead. They feel that rejected by God and by people. They talk about how even the people that are closest to them, their, their relationships are strained or non-existent. And the psalmist even blames all of that stuff on God. He says, no, this is you. You did this. All of your terrors. It's the word that's often used in these translations. Um, it says your, your terrors are, 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 overtaking me I'm, I'm drowning in them they're overtaking me like waves and i'm stuck in the middle of all of this stuff this all of this these dark thoughts of despair and hopelessness thrust upon god now this isn't the only time we see such an episode in the bible right like the book of job is full of such diatribes monologues um, there's even other psalms that express a similar level of, of despair, disappointment, frustration, betrayal uh, in God. In fact, Jesus on the cross quotes one of the psalms when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But one of the unique things about this, and, and it's not even the only time this happens, but one of the things that stands out is this person doesn't get in a rush to let God off the hook. Or to say, oh God, but I, but I know you'll be faithful. As a matter of fact, the strongest indicator that you have of this person's faith in God is the disappointment that they're expressing. Right? In a completely different context, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said that there can be no deep disappointment where there is not deep love. And so I'm touched by the fact that this person felt led to say all of these things because it says not that they lacked faith, not that they had given up on God, but that they had trusted God 
for so much more than where they found themselves. And they felt abandoned. And in fact, the guts, the gall that it took to approach God in this manner and, and, and what it took to enshrine it in this way, in this psalm, suggests to me that they had still not given up on God. It said, God, this is where I am right now. And I'm even right now in the middle of this calling out to you. I'm waking up in the morning, maybe even before the sun to call out to you all throughout the day, all all night. I'm calling out to you. And when are you going to answer me? When will I stop feeling so forgotten? When will my lot improve? When is this going to happen? And we don't get an answer. It never comes. But there's this tension where I sense that the person doesn't want to let go of it. And I find something so familiar in that because I've seen God answer me. I've seen God answer my prayers. I've seen God so active before that it only increases my frustration when things don't go the way that I know they're capable of going. And so I guess when I sit with this song, when I think of these words and these emotions, what it reminds me of is that there is no guarantee of a happy ending. There's no guarantee that when I cry out to God, that the answer I get is the one that I want. It's not always going to be pleasing to me. And the outcome of those things and how I handle all of these trials and tribulations or what have you is not an indicator of God's approval or disapproval on my life. The fact of the matter is life is hard. And only by acknowledging that truth and believing that God has given us grace, even in these moments where we feel stretched beyond wit's end, can we make it through this thing called life without traumatizing ourselves, thinking that God hates us, that God has forgotten about us because we can't seem to catch a break. Sometimes the first step in expressing that love to God is expressing that disappointment, that hurt, that betrayal, because that can't exist where there is not deep love. And when we try to gloss over those things and speak in platitudes, sometimes what we're really doing is robbing ourselves of true intimacy with God, with the people around us and with ourselves. So I want to let you know that if you do feel at the end of your rope, that you are not alone, that there is help, that you are loved. And if you feel that you're in crisis right now, please don't feel like you have to sit through that alone. If you're having an emergency, you can call your doctor or 911 right now. Immediately. If at any time you're having suicidal thoughts, you can call 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. And they have skilled, trained crisis counselors at the ready to speak to you at any time in your area. If you're outside of the United States, please call your local emergency line. But whatever you do, I want you to remember that going through a hard time That experiencing the darkness does not make you a bad Christian. It doesn't make you a bad person. It does not make you weak. It makes you a human. And that in and of itself makes you beloved of God. 
Translation is a production of Three Black Men, the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. You can follow us on Twitter at Three Black Men. That's the number three, not spelled out, Black Men. You can find me on all social media platforms at PastorTray05. That's PastorTray05. Don't send me no Facebook requests, though. Like, I don't be over there. That's the bad place. This work has been made possible by a community of folks who've chosen to show their support through generosity. You can join us at patreon.com slash three black men. Spell three out that time, though. Patreon.com slash three black men. There you can find even more original content from Sam, Rob, and yours truly. Make sure you subscribe to, rate, and review the New Living Translation and Three Black Men wherever you get your podcast. And remember, real recognize real. Don't get caught looking unfamiliar. <laughs>